0: Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Stuart and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Uh, Now firstly we're coming to our regular listeners a week later than usual as we both, last weekend we both had separate family and dog health issues kind of colliding on the Sunday when we were due to record so we just did not have space to do that, it was not a good time for us last weekend.
0: No, it wasn't. Finley was very unwell. He had pancreatitis. It was a complete nightmare. It was so stressful. And all because it was Pippin's birthday and we cooked them both a steak each. And he was was really, it was the worst case of pancreatitis that the vet has ever seen. So he was seriously unwell um yeah. from just a steak so poor boy and he's back at the vets so he had a pretty good week and then he's back at the vets today uh, he had to go to the emergency vets yesterday because we thought it was flaring up again but it turns out he's got some nice bone shards in his colon at the moment so he's been sick isn't yeah. having a dog great i know he's on uh, he's on ketamine at the minute though so i'm sure he's having a great time <laughs> he is
1: having an amazing time he's, he's
0: having a good saturday night just you know on some ket <laughs> Bet's for pets.
1: Pets <laughs> for pets. Do you know what? If we we have never had fan art, which is probably a good thing, frankly, but if we were ever to get some, Finley in a K hole is what I want to see.
0: Yep, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and and the vet has fat shamed him as well. They said he oh, was no.
1: fat.
0: He's just a chunky boy. He's always been a chunky boy. He was a chunky he was the chunkiest puppy of the lot when we went to see the puppies. That's why we got him. He's just big boned, you know.
1: Was Not it the man fat. from Bishop storford No, no.
0: God, Finley out there with his Lycra, off his tits on Ket. God, he's no business being in Lycra.
1: Anyway, coming up we have our guest Toby Fells to talk all about ultras, dogs of course, queer running and the best reason for starting to run that we have ever heard. We've got plenty of your bullshit and more celebrity opinions about running. Hey. Oh, love, that. <laughs> love that. Amy, other than all those terrible things, what have you been up to?
0: Uh, no, I, I still have been running fairly regularly. So my long run was understandably put on the shelf last week, mm-hmm. um, just because of everything that was going on. And I'm, I'm knackered. You know, it's all so stressful that I haven't yeah. really had the much energy to run as well. But I've been running fairly regularly. Uh, we went on a run as well since the last we did. podcast. did. had a nice change. Yeah, I we went to Leckworth Woods. Didn't get lost. I mean, you took me on a different route that I didn't know, but it was fantastic. I fell over, mm-hmm. which was your intention. Yes. <laughs> it
1: kind of was, because I've fallen over in that exact spot. Mm. Um, it's just an easy place when you're walking down a hill. And I did exactly the same as you. Just put my heel down, and it just went. It doesn't look like anything, but it's incredibly slippery. And I got it on the GoPro, and I was very pleased.
0: Yeah, I think there must be like a hidden banana peel under some leaves or something down there. So, but yeah, yeah. we took uh, Pippin and William with us, and they loved it. The only thing was that Pippin would not come back on her lead at the end, as she had she's a little <laughs> shit at the moment. And she just will not come back on our lead. Um, luckily, most of the time when I'm running with her, she's on a lead just because she can't be trusted not to chase people and bikes and, and whatever. Um, but because we were in the woods and there's not like to be bikes around, I had her off the lead. But the thing is, she's good as gold when we're out running. She comes back. She checks in. She knows when it's time to go back on the lead. And she just, oh, yeah. she'll just she get close to you and then just run off. So yeah, and Just then the decided more, to have something else to do. Yeah. And the more annoyed I get. The more she thinks it's a game and the more she runs off. So I'm like, Pippin, get back here now, you little shit. And that's just making things a lot worse. Oh yeah.
1: I think I've got most of that on GoPro as well. Perhaps I should like get that clip out with Yakety Sax on her running around.
0: Definitely. Yeah, it's, she infuriates me. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's it really. Uh, trail run, not much else in terms of running just because of everything. Real life getting in the way. Boo. Yeah, how about you? How's your last three weeks been?
1: Oh, three weeks now. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I did my five mile time trial that like I said last week. I did it in 38 minutes, 38, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's as quick as I kind of wanted to do it. It was basically my target. But I did that thing of uh, what you're really never supposed to do, which is changed my target pace about two minutes before I started. Oh,
2: right. <laughs> I planned it all.
1: And I thought like five minute kilometer pace for 8K is, that sounds a nice round number, which I know. Again, I always talk about don't do round numbers. Um, but on my way down, though, I thought, "Ah, huh, this pace seems kind of easy. I'll go a bit quicker. Actually, it, it turned out fine. I did about 450 pace and I was bang on that all the way around pretty much. I like to run nice and evenly as much as possible. And that was very, very hard. Though I thought about it, like 38 and a half minutes I ran. My five mile PB is actually about a minute and a half quicker. The best five miles I've run is actually about another minute quicker than that because that was part of a 10K and then i thought i was like yeah, okay so perhaps i'll run it in about 36 minutes but there was two other runners uh, who did this time trial from my club who i kind of benchmark myself against a little bit they're kind of people i think i should be as fast as mm. they both ran it in 34 minutes so that upset me deeply mm, i bet just when you think there's people you think right these are the people i kind of should be competing with i absolutely battered me mm. so that was very upsetting
0: I mean, I had something way more upsetting than that happen. I went out for a six-mile training run, and when I uploaded it to Strava, it said 5.99 miles. So what? It's, people know. I post it on my Instagram, and people know that's not right. Like, you convert it to
1: kilometers, and it'll be entirely different. and Then it doesn't matter.
0: On, it's, a, it's frustrating because on the, so it uploads to the Garmin app first, then Garmin like, talks to the Strava app. But on the Garmin app, it was saying it was six miles exactly. And then on Strava, it was saying 5.99. How, how does that make sense? Infuriating. So, so, yeah, there's no way to change that now. There's no point going out and doing a 0.01. You know, it, it's there now.
1: Just call it 9.64 kilometers.
0: Mm, no. Nope. Then it doesn't matter. Infuriating. That's much worse.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. So to catch up on our last episode, Twitter user Athroas Adui says, I love how much dog talk there is on running his BS these days. It's kind of what we do. The first yeah. 10 minutes of the show is basically about dogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it slowly is becoming the dog cast rather than the running podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you are going to love our guest because there's lots of dog talk. As you would have seen when you downloaded the podcast, Toby's three dogs right on the front there. Mm.
0: Gabriel Naya says, awesome episode was listening when I encountered a crazed cockapoo off the lead jumping up and down through my legs while basically navigating sheet ice. Owner did nothing and said, oh, looks like my dog would love to run with you. Ah,
1: (laughs) the cockapoos, man.
0: Oh my God. Well, you know, I I feel bad because when I, the first couple of times I took Pippin out running, I thought I'll have her off the lead. She'll be fine. And she did run after a few runners which is why yeah. she is always on the lead in those sorts of situations now but I get it it can be really annoying especially when you're sort of concentrating and in your stride and then a dog's like jumping up at you any other situation I'd be like yeah I'd love that but not when I'm running I not want to and everybody. on ice no 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 not ideal <laughs> but cockapoo's um, are crazy I think, think people forget what they've been bred with a cocker spaniel which are bloody yeah. crazy in themselves
1: Yeah, uh, Alec Lodge came back to us um, responding to the weirdest things being found on a run. For him, he said the weirdest thing he found was an exploded Monopoly set. During a race and the course went one side of a hedge with a road on the other side. I'm guessing the game had been thrown from a car, maybe in a fit of rage, or had fallen from a bin lorry. It had been obliterated by a big hedge cutter. There were bits of box, board, property cards, money and plastic houses everywhere. Quite a surreal sight. Mm. That is an unusual one.
0: Mm, I don't think a I've shredded ever up Monopoly board. Yeah, I've seen a, There's a safe at the moment down the Ely Trail that has been broken into and is the contents are scattered around, which is quite interesting. Uh, which I think is a crime scene. But I think that probably is. Yeah. yeah I haven't reported it to the police, but I probably should. Um, but yeah, that that's that is quite surreal. I wonder if somebody was so angry that they left their house, drove down a road, and then just chucked it into a hedge and
1: tore it to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> um well Max Carnage has found a toilet. Sarah Loftus found a twenty foot concrete triceratops and Ian Thompson some old PC cases.
0: Those first two, we're gonna need a bit more context. And Max Carnage, what do you mean by a toilet? Do you mean like a uh, there There was a photo a... and no, oh. it's just
1: a toilet on the street.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough.
1: I mean, that's risky because you know what people are like.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like when you go to a bathroom showroom and they have to put a little note up saying, please don't use the toilet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And Sarah Loftus found a 20-foot concrete triceratops. I imagine she wasn't the first to find that. I don't think that's like a... That didn't just appear one day.
0: No, was it in a child's playground or something? Was there some context behind that? (laughs) Also, last week, we were very happy to help out our friends at the Moti Running Club in Cardiff as we recorded a short piece of audio for their virtual speed session hosted by listener Danny Corder. The runners uh, connected with him on Zoom as he talked them through the session, played some banging tunes, as always, and then added in our audio as a bit of demotivation, just in case they were getting a bit too happy there. Uh, we thought this was a great idea for getting your runners involved.
1: Yeah, it's a, a nice thing to do that uh, Moti uh, does in Cardiff. Um, yeah everyone connects on zoom and then someone shouts at them tells them what the session is and plays in some tunes in between that's that's a nice idea that and if anyone else wants to do something similar as anyone is doing something similar with their club let us know and we will gladly uh contribute a little bit of audio Yep. <laughs> i say gladly i mean as long as it's no more than about a minute or something
0: yeah yeah exactly and anything that requires too much effort we won't bother with and just pretend we hadn't seen your email
1: unless you pay us
0: yeah oh yeah yeah which case. We're also
1: available for very bad weddings and bar mitzvahs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you can you imagine how desperate you need to be? Uh, it's time for our guest and this interview does feature a lot of dog whining. So we just thought we should mention this before so you don't get paranoid you're being followed by a needy dog on your run.
0: So joining us today is trail runner and ultramarathon runner Toby Fells. Um, so to start off, could you tell us a bit about yourself, Toby, um, and why you started running?
2: Um, well, throw me in at the deep end yeah. there. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I, I first started running um, when I was sort of in my late teens. Um, uh, I was just running around the block, really. I enjoyed running. I kind of wanted it to be my thing. I thought runners were cool. Uh, my mum ran, well, my dad did as well, but my mum was more into it. I think. Um, and yeah, I, I ran, um, and then I had to stop running because I was, (laughs) I went into a psychiatric hospital and, uh, because I, I wasn't okay, um, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about, um, and I wasn't able to run really for about five years. Um, and then I didn't pick up running again until I was. Or oh, I think I was about 29, 30 years old. Um, and I mostly started, well, I started running for lots of reasons, but the thing that triggered it off was I'd got rid of my car and I wanted to get to places quicker. <laughs> That's
1: a basic reason. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so I Very I practical. started running, yeah, I started running down hills on my walks um, and and then I did a couch to 5k which I had to do on the treadmill because I was really overweight. Um, and then, yeah, as they say, the, the rest is history.
1: <laughs> do you still think runners are cool?
2: Um, mm, oh, it depends on the runner. Okay. <laughs> I, include myself, I include myself in that. I definitely don't think I'm cool.
0: <laughs> We're all a bit nerdy, really, aren't we? Like obsessed with yeah. statistics and data. Yeah, and <laughs> I,
2: I, I wouldn't want to hang out with with, with me, really. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, we talk about is running. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't there a saying or something? The problem with runners is all they want to talk about is running.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 And I've been on your Instagram. Some of the photos are amazing. You live in the Lake District, don't you? So it's uh some beautiful scenery there what's it like running there because i don't i was listening to you um on the uh if my feet could talk podcast and i don't think you've always lived in the lake district so no compared to like other places what's it like running there
2: well um i've been here a year um and i yeah i love running here it's great not so great when all the tourists are here um it gets quite busy um but in lockdown i i you know i'm spoiled i you know it's amazing i really lucky before that I was in West Yorkshire um, and I was living on the moors so I ran around a lot on the moors in bog a lot of the time so that was kind of what what I ran about in so yeah it's, it's uh, different but I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not not used to the wild the wildness of it really in fact mm-hmm. I'd say the Yorkshire moors are probably more wild in some ways than mm-hmm. Lake district um, uh, yeah so it's great yeah what can I love it
1: yeah <laughs> I just want to touch very briefly on the fact your name is Toby Fells and you live in the Lake District I think I just need yeah. to acknowledge it and we can move on yeah.
0: just to get that <laughs> out was, of the way I was gonna ask if that was like a real name or like a stage name or something so like uh, a running well persona.
1: <laughs> funny
2: you should say that actually no so it's not my actual surname but um, I am thinking of changing it to my actual surname because that's basically the name I go by so
0: did it yeah. come from like yeah up yeah, up it yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, leading on from talking about the lake district you've also got three collies in the lake district which must make it so much better what's it like running with them in such a beautiful place as well
2: and um, well they love it obviously and it depends who I'm out who I'm out running with Um I've got three one is three-legged and I to be honest I don't I don't run with her because she can't really run anymore having said that she's she's got wheels um which she's had for a few months um so she's now getting quite good at them and getting quite fast so I reckon I might try and start doing some little recovery runs with her and, and that would be amazing because um she was my running partner and then she had a terrible accident Um, uh, she landed on some broken glass um in the woods and to, to cut a long story short and she was lucky to survive really but um to cut a long story short it it severed through everything this glass in her leg other than the bone and we tried to save it but we couldn't and that was the end of her running her wow. running career um and then so for two years she did okay but she she wasn't running with me and and then recently about six months ago she started really struggling and she was in a lot of pain and um she got the vet said she had elbow dysplasia um and they were saying you you can only take her out for 15 minutes at a time and she's a seven-year-old collie (laughs) she's not that's not good enough um and so i did some fundraising for some for some wheels for her because they were in america and they're very expensive and with ours, the money had been raised for her and and uh, and here we are now she's got wheels so um, it'll be great if i can run with her that'll be the first time pretty much i've run with her since since the accident and that would be amazing um Blue's a bit of an old boy he's an ex working colleague and um, so he's had he's taken quite a battering over the over the years so he's a bit broken So I take him out on recovery runs with me um, because it keeps me slow um, and he can't really be out and running for more than an hour. So he'll walk all day long. Mm -hmm. But if I'm out on a run, he won't go much longer than an hour. And and there's a lot of walking involved as well with him too. And Jet is super, super, super fast and young and four years old um, and could probably go all day long. Uh, So yeah, it's great to be somewhere like this. Almost essential, really. Like living, if I was to live somewhere like a town with three collies, we'd all be quite miserable.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I've got a beagle, Harry, across, and I live in a city, and she can just run and run and run because she's a hunting yeah. dog. So I yeah. take her out for like. 10, 12, 13 miles and she comes back and she's still tearing around the house. I'm like, yeah. relax. <laughs> and she's only a yeah. year old as well. So yeah. Yeah,
2: they, they definitely keep me busy. Um, especially because they all have such different needs. Um, I take them all out separately, so yeah, they yeah, they keep me going, keep me moving.
1: Yeah. And, it, and it's so lovely to explore places with the dogs as well, because it just makes it it makes it so much more just to have like yeah. someone to share it with.
2: Well, the only reason, really, I think, when I moved up to Yorkshire I, I, and I got and I got Maya and um, I got her mostly because uh, I when I first moved up there, I lodged with a family who had a who had a collie, and I was walking walking that collie obviously daily, and it was obviously really helping, and I enjoyed being out. But going out without a dog felt weird and a bit pointless and strange. So I ended up getting Maya. So yeah, you could say if I didn't have dogs, maybe I wouldn't wouldn't be running now possibly yeah
0: I saw um you recently did a 47 mile solo ultra as well speaking yeah. of coming uh, out <laughs> running and I saw that it was on tarmac and you describe it as uh, a series of mind numbing loops so yeah. why did you do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a good question um well <laughs> so last year the pandemic had just everything Every kind of running goal I had, um, it, the pandemic was just knocking everything. Um, I was going to be doing the Cheviot Goat l- at the end of last year that got cancelled, um, and then I was going to do, and I was upset. I was upset about that, um, but you know, I, I just thought, thought to myself, you know, it, you can't do anything about it. Just set new goals, do with it, and I did. And I thought, right, I'll do an Abraham's T round winter abrahams tea round and i'll maybe give the bob graham uh winter bob graham round a bash which i most certainly probably would fail but give it a go um and then the pandemic the lockdown hit again and i've got no had no dog care so i couldn't do either of those uh and i was just starting to it was just a complete lack of i hadn't really done anything to kind of gauge my progress or how I was doing or, and I was just starting to lose confidence and I needed to do something, almost to prove to myself that I could still run. <laughs> um, and I couldn't do anything that was really long in one loop because I couldn't leave the dogs for hours and hours, like all day. So I thought, well, if I do loops from the house, I'll be able to take them out for wee breaks and stuff in between loops. And um, two seconds. Blue, come here. That's
1: right. We've got uh, Amy's dog in the background as well. We always do. She, she's basically <laughs> a co-host fine. at this point.
2: Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. trying to play with her. I've put Maya in the crate because Maya and Blue are best mates and they play quite loudly. And so I've put Maya in the crate and Blue is trying to play with her through the bars of the crate. <laughs> it's fine. I just um, leave all the whining in now because I might as well.
0: It's <laughs> too hard to edit it all out anyway, yeah. <laughs> Yeah so
2: I, I decided that I needed to do loops um, because that way then I could you know I could tend to the dogs between loops and I could have done like a mix of trail and road Um, but I thought well I might as well do it all on road because a I've not done anything like that before and it would be interesting Um b it, if I'm not it would be a good sort of opportunity to practice nutrition and things you know when if I, if I haven't got the distraction of the hills and the, the you know the terrain and looking at things and being distracted by all the beauty and forgetting to eat <laughs> i'd actually i'd actually be able to eat and um, i just thought it would be interesting to do and so that's what i did um i won't be repeating it in a hurry it was really fucking boring yeah
0: <laughs> it must have been hard yeah. on the legs and stuff being on tarmac for that long as well. i
2: thought i thought it would be but no it wasn't um yeah I I do do quite a bit of training on tarmac anyway there's you know there's quite a few sessions I do that go better on tarmac anyway so it's not like I never ever ever run on tarmac um it did give me blisters though yeah which I wouldn't I don't think I would have got if I was if I was on trails yeah I got a big blister at miles like fucking 13 what the hell
1: you could have um, run like 30 miles and said, right, I've done an ultra, but you did 47. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, that, that's not 30, even a
1: nice round number.
2: 30 miles, just a small ultra though, isn't it?
1: <laughs> ultra enough.
2: Ultra enough, yeah. No, I, I had in my mind that I was going to do, I didn't have any particular goal in mind. I, I thought I'd probably do around 50 um, if I do more that would be great if I do less it's not the end of the world and I was going to stop I was so when I was at mile 38 the blister on the bottom of my big toe popped and um, it was really painful and I thought oh, I'm just I, I can't you know this is too much So I thought I'll just do a little two mile loop to 40 miles and then and then the next thing I know I, I just kept turning further away from the house and i ended up doing 11 miles and yeah it was 47 and i got back home and i thought shall i should i go out for another th- three miles and make it 50 and i like, sort of asked myself well you know why was i doing it in the first place and it was really to boost my confidence i thought well i can either drag myself round for another three miles or I can stop now, I'm quite happy. I've achieved what I wanted to achieve, so I might as well stop what the hell's three miles reading the scheme things. I was just bored. I was so bored. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to do another loop. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah. How have you been finding lockdown then? Has it been quieter in the Lake District because of it? Has it been nicer yeah, running?
2: <laughs> much, much quieter. Yeah, I much prefer it. And yeah, I, I say to people, it must be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I've got. Mm. I don't, I don't think there's probably ever going to be another time where the Lake District is going to be so quiet and I'm going to be able to have the girls to myself as much as I do. Um, so I'm really, I'm really lucky and I'm, yeah, I thank my lucky stars. I've, I moved, I moved up here right as the pandemic hit. Yeah. I mean, obviously the pandemic is bad, but, you know, death and dying aside, it's been quite good for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there has been positives. It, yeah. it sounds quite gruesome, but in terms of life being a bit slower and more relaxed and people being able to work from home and all those sorts of things have been some people an improvement, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I find, I find it much better now that everyone's being forced to go slower i I go i move quite slowly generally in life and i don't like busy and i don't like people running about the speed of light and so it you know it suits me i feel like everyone's going at the same speed as me which Mm -hmm. is quite nice
1: (laughs) and we'll be back with toby later on and as we had so much to talk about we've split this interview into three chunks for you
0: and a bit of feedback on Stuart's amazing Patreon song yes. last week. Uh, last week, three weeks ago. God, all Whatever. the days just blur into one. At Draggle, Draggle Thor? Draggle Thor. I'm probably saying that wrong. He's only tweeted us
1: for the last 10 weeks or something. Don't worry about yeah,
0: it. Yeah. We should be on first name terms with him. So drag, let us know. Uh, I wanted to tip my hat to Stu on his virtue, virtuoso performance of Pop Looks Back in today's episode. Then remembered I was out running, so tipping my multifunctional tube instead.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's the Ski Sunday theme. Don't be clever and say what it's actually called. It's it's just called the Ski, sun, the ski <laughs> Sunday theme. Everyone knows it, it's that. And if you want to support this podcast, you can head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. And Amy this week will sing your name a bit like this. Well as it turns out Amy couldn't do it this week, but instead you've got me with this absolute banger. Wait for it. Wait for it. Victoria Dick. Gordy Fellwell. Steph Hall. Liz Reese, Amanda Minehind, Anthony Howe, Ivor Hewitt, Carl Fleming, Matt Jones, Elliot Lyme. Karen Hamilton, Sam Ollie, Hugh Phillips, Charlie Neverson, Brian Simpson, Rachel Bentley, Julia Page, Glenn Martin, Matt Age, Sophie Jakes, Lisa Gibbon, Rob Smith, J. Tim Hughes, David Owen, McCaffin, Ian Hales, Maria Wicks. Nicky Genders, Ruth KP, Kirk Shepherd, Chris Whitmore, Mac Jonathan Carter, Simon Ross, Wow, well, I've never heard this bit before, feels pretty funky isn't it, anyway I'll just make it up, Ridge Skurn, Matt Leese, Matt Newbrey, Stuart Stevens, Angela Foster Swales, Paul Hibbert, mark gilmore
0: um, i wanted to go back to a minute you you touched on um sort of your battle you've had with mental health issues and i i was listening to that on if my feet could talk and i found that um it resonated with me because myself i've sort of ongoing mental health issues like depression, anxiety, which never truly go away. They just sort of resurface at various parts of your life with conditions yeah. like that. Um, and you mentioned that you weren't running when it was very severe. Uh, so I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about that and, and sort of your relationship with those mental health issues, but also with running, if, if there's some sort of like, do you, does running help you? Because I know it helps me um, to sort of avoid sinking back into depression, anxiety on a daily basis, I think. Um well, I just
2: wrote a post about it actually, Um about, well, kind of touches on it. Um, I think the, the thing that helps with running is it gives me a reason to take care of myself. So it gives mm. me a reason to eat well, sleep well, and do all of those things so that I can enjoy running. That's the main thing. Obviously, I get, you know, g- good feelings from running. And if I can't run for a few days, I start getting irritable but you know I'm reluctant to say oh you know it helps my mental health I mean you know if my dogs I wouldn't dream of not taking them out for an exercise for even 24 hours I don't know why we seem to think humans are any different like we should be taking ourselves out for exercise every day like we would a dog like we wouldn't dream of not taking a dog out for a walk Mm -hmm. For even twenty four hours, and some 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 humans don't do any exercise for days at a time, and then we wonder why <laughs> we're not okay. Um, so yeah, it does it does help me it does help me feel better. I suppose I, st- I stopped. The reason I stopped running was because I co- I couldn't run in the sense that initially I was locked up in a hospital, so <laughs> I couldn't run, um, and then I was on a shit ton of meds. Um, and I was, which made me put on a lot, a lot of weight and were really, really heavy sedatives. And I, and I couldn't, I, I slept about 14, 16 hours a day. Like I, I wasn't, I could barely stay awake. So running was not something that I could do. Mm. Um, yeah. And then when I could start running, I was so angry about the fact that I felt like I'd had running stolen from me a bit. And I was so angry about it, it was just a bit too painful to, try and start running again even when i could so it mm. took me quite a few years you know then to then take it up again mm. but yeah it, it does i mean i enjoy it and you know if you enjoy something it's, <laughs> it's a good it's good for you isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: I, yeah i think it's always that thing of it, people always say exercise for mental health and I think you're totally right in that as humans we should be out exercising but I suppose with some mental health issues when you're really really depressed or whatever your mental health issue might be you may not be able mm-hmm. to run like physically you may not be able to or mentally to find the motivation so it's it can yeah. be um yeah thing. I think
2: have I think um having dogs helps with that mm-hmm. yeah I, I think certainly when I first got Maya before that I had a can and uh you know you don't have to take a cat out for exercise and so I could just spend all day in bed Mm. with a cat Mm. um can't do that with a dog uh so it it was sort of like it doesn't really matter how mental I got I had to take the dog out so Mm. so there's there's that and I think it's it's not just running I think it's just getting outside as Mm. well just getting outside helps it just uh you know especially living somewhere like this it just gives gives me a lot of perspective when i go out if i'm ever stressed about something i go out it gives me a lot of perspective and um that's invaluable really yeah
1: so now i guess as a bit of an extension of that uh, to your running um you've started up queer runnings which is your new kind of virtual run club and coaching service
2: yes i've just started that up um and I'm. I hope. <laughs> I hope it will be a really good thing that will um, really. I really hope that it can facilitate queer people to get out and start exercising and and. Uh, I think. I think. Um, well, from my experience, I think a lot of non-binary and trans people can probably relate that when your gender doesn't match up with your body it can be difficult to have any kind of good relationship with it. And I really, I really believe that running is one of the ways, not the only way I don't want to get evangelical about it, but obviously running is what I know about. So that's, you know, that's, that's why I'm sort of into running. Um, I think running can really help, help make that relationship with one's body much better. Uh, I think most people I hear it all the time, um, from people that uh, running helps shift people's focus from what their body looks like to what their body can do. And that's a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, there's that important um, distinction you have to make there of like running won't fix your problems but it will make them easier or make the processing of them easier. As you said, it will change your focus. It you won't fix it, but it'll help definitely.
2: Yeah, I think, I think if anyone, sorts yeah it's difficult it's difficult with running because it is great obviously i think so it's difficult not to get evangelical about it it's difficult not to be like oh you know if you start running like it's all gonna be okay and obviously that's not that's not the case (laughs) but um it could be any sport it doesn't have to be running but i do think you know moving your body and and queer people um have have lots and lots of barriers to to entering Mm -hmm. into any sport at all um and i would like to be just some someone that ch- you know changes that a little bit has a little bit of an impact on that at, at least yeah
0: mm. yeah because we talk a fair bit on the podcast about um about the issues facing particular groups of runners a lot about uh, women at the moment because there's been a lot of articles around uh women facing sexism while they're running and so on um yeah so are there any issues you think particularly affect transgender runners because We've often spoken about transgender issues within the sport in terms of top level athletes and inclusion, yeah. um, but yeah. I'm thinking more about everyday runners, uh, transgender, yeah. non-binary, non-gender conforming and so on.
2: Yeah, so I think that various things, I mean, when you've got a really difficult relationship with your body, just making, getting it to move in the first place is, is really hard because for a trans man, for example, you, you know you have to bind so I bind that that can make running particularly in the summer really really difficult and sometimes painful so there's so there's things like that there's things like joining running clubs you just don't know whether you're going to join a running club and you're going to be met with acceptance as a trans guy I sort of be like oh you know um, shall I tell them because I can slip under the radar really you know a lot of the time you know and then there's this sort of like well, oh, shall I tell them do I keep it quiet if I do keep it quiet should I mention it at any point and you know and then I think if you're a trans woman maybe it, it might be less easy in some cases to fly under the radar and so it's even more risky Um to to go to a running club you just don't know what you're walking into um so there's there's that level of acceptance as well Mm. you don't know if you're going to get it or not and sometimes just going out for a run outside much like women experience fear you know there's there's the you know fear of one's safety you go Mm. out running you know what's what's going to happen um so there's there's I mean there's lots of things and then when you get to gyms there's changing rooms Mm. are they safe are there is there any spaces for non-binary people um is it safe to 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 use the the changing rooms of the gender you um that you you are there's just so many things and it just becomes so it can become so difficult and then a queer person might just turn around and go do you know what it's actually it's too complicated so I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother Mm. um so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues. Oi! Sorry.
0: So you're hoping that um, uh, queer runnings might also offer a place for discussion of these things and supporting each other? Because I think sometimes I just that. having somewhere to talk about it and say, you know, yeah. I had this really crap yeah. experience, and other people yeah. say, yeah, I've had that experience too, it was crap, you know.
2: Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, in, in terms of coaching uh, trans people like there'll be a few little quirks but you know that not loads of differences that the main thing is i want it to be somewhere that people can openly talk about particular issues things like binding uh tucking all of that kind of stuff thing just just things that come with being a queer runner and not having to worry about whether people are going to judge you sharing of ideas um I, and I really want and, and and I really want it to be something that increases visibility of queer people in running as well. So I, I sort of have this this vision of you know queer runners showing up to races, you know uh, doused in rainbow and mm-hmm. and you know being really visible and encouraging other queer people to run um, and experience the benefits of it. That's kind, of, that's kind of the Hollywood movie version of what I want to happen, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, scattered across the UK, there are a handful of LGBT specific running clubs, um, yeah. but the vast majority, I, I would like to think the vast majority of other running clubs would want to be LGBT friendly. Yes. But may not know how. Do you have any advice for how they can go about that or how they can be more friendly and more inclusive and accepting? Uh, It would
2: be really good, I I think, to very blatantly state somewhere, whether that's on social media or websites or, you know, an event, uh, we accept, you know, all people and state those people just go, we accept everyone, you know, state LGBT people, people of colour, actually state them because I might read, oh, we're accepting of all people. And then in my head, I sort of think, really? (laughs) I've heard that before, you know, (laughs) um that's probably the that's probably the one of the best things you can probably probably do be respectful of pronouns don't you know be generally be respectful don't be asking questions you shouldn't bloody well be
1: asking and (laughs) things like that you
2: know yeah
1: so yeah it's that is kind of the most simple thing as well is it just to say you are inclusive and friendly and put something on your website on your social media every now and then just to remind people and have it there really really easy you have if you have
2: any kind of i don't know um and if you have any forms or anything like that that members fill in have have non-binary options on there when it comes to gender give give non-binary and queer people space to be able to to declare who they are and be who they are um yeah it's all quite simple really you it's 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 a wonder why people aren't doing I think people that. panic a little bit
1: mm. because yeah, they know it's yeah. like a, it's a big issue and they know they have to get yeah. it right and it's very personal and so they just kind of do nothing because it's yeah, safer yeah. because okay. they think well yeah. we're probably not going to get many so if we just don't do yeah. anything we just yeah as yeah. you said we're inclusive to everyone it kind of yeah it dodges yeah, it a little la- bit.
2: It's lame it's a cop-out yeah yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah.
0: Mm. I think it's about also talking to lgbt plus queer members and saying what they need from the club rather than yeah. just assuming that you know the, b- the best yeah. way to go about it you know
2: yeah i really hope that um i can do something with queer runnings that and uh, that has some kind of um guidance for clubs and coaches and also um some kind of queer running stamp of approval on races mm-hmm. you know race race and get race directors to sort of maybe try and make a commitment to be more inclusive of non-binary and and trans trans people um and you know it would be really helpful certainly i've always thought wouldn't it be great if there was a list somewhere of races that i knew had you know non-binary bathroom or changing facilities or something you know something like that you know rather than having to think am i going to have to deal with this when i get there and and things like that and i just think it just all all it all it takes really is just to to very clearly state what you know facilities that are available
1: (laughs) and i really like the point that toby made there about You wouldn't take your dog out for 24 hours, but people don't think about that for themselves. People don't think they need to be outside.
0: Mm, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so good for your mental health, for your physical health, everything, just to go out. Even if you just go out and do a mile, you know, it doesn't have to be an ultra or whatever. Yeah,
1: got to get done. On to your messages. Don't forget to contact us with your bullshit because we feed on your misery. (laughs) Uh, You can find Running Is BS on Facebook and Twitter or head to runningisbs.com
0: at cardiff underscore dave says really great new episode thanks at running is bs speedy runners labeling stuff as an easy run reminded me of a a park run when somebody fast running into the finish a second time with a slower friend just has to tell you that they've already finished when you clap them
1: yeah that's true it's like i've I've already finished i've already finished i'm not this slow it's fine (laughs) perhaps you can be generous and say they don't want to we receive praise a second time
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: it could just be that like i'm not actually this slow i've actually already finished and i've just done my second lap so
0: (laughs) i was actually first you know (laughs) yeah
1: well that's why actually okay. perhaps that's why i do it because they get there first they don't get any applause they don't get any recognition Mm
0: -hmm. because no
1: one else sees it apart from the few volunteers at the end oh bless them poor things uh pete underscore tomlin says some bs for you race organizers not offering a refund for a cancelled race and saying you can just do it virtually
0: yeah
1: there's a lot of that going on
0: i bet i bet i wonder what the well i suppose it depends what's in their terms and conditions in regards to the legality of that because some races it's actually in their terms and conditions that they can just turn around and say fuck off if you ask for a refund oh yeah
1: yeah anytime they can just cancel the race and and not give money back Mm. and when they would say like you can do it virtually you're like yeah but that's if you're not getting anything for it that's mm.
0: it's not the same i personally wouldn't bother with a virtual race the london marathon one was cool. uh because there was loads of people out doing it at the same time, I think the sheer numbers of that made it great. Because we saw loads of people out doing it in Cardiff, so that yeah. was good fun. Because it and it's like, going to happen. It
1: is going to happen yeah. again this year, and it will be nice to go out and support people and see people doing that. Mm. But it's you know what? It's still twenty eight pounds, and I think yeah. that's a lot for mm. a virtual race which isn't a race yeah of any type it's just going out for a run yeah
0: but you do i think a lot of virtual races as well it's that thing of oh just do it any time between these dates and the and the london marathon was nice i think you had that 12 hour sort of time in which you had to complete it, it Was yeah there, and people so, had bibs yeah. on and things yeah it was that critical mass that made it enjoyable and fun or yeah. as if you're just out running on your own with a with a bib bomb and stuff, I don't really see the point because you could just do it on your own for free, couldn't you? You know? Yeah. Right. There we go. Rach Bentley says, perfect running conditions, although a bit chilly, crazy week and needed to process my thoughts and running helps me do that. Also, thank you, running is BS, for making me laugh out loud. Hashtag feeling better.
1: I think, yeah, this is a good way if you are feeling low. I'm not sure which way it goes. Either we make you feel better by pointing out how bad it is for everyone else, or we just depress you more by making you realise how bad what you're doing is.
0: It's a fine line we walk on. You never know whether yeah. you're going to come back from that run feeling worse or better. I mean, people always yeah. say, go out for a run. You'll never come back feeling worse. It'll always feel more positive. Not if you. That's not worse. true. <laughs> Who says that? That's what they say. You'll always feel better after a run. I mean, like mentally better. I mean, that's not always true. If you have a really shit run, sometimes you come back feeling very pissed off. I mean, you
1: remember our guest Ella Dove went for a run came back without a leg?
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I bet she wasn't feeling like, you know, you never regret a run. That's what they say. I bet she regretted that run.
1: (laughs) I I know plenty of people that have regretted many runs.
0: Yeah. I mean, it could be losing a leg. It could be coming back with only one sock because you've had shit in the woods.
1: Oh, yes. Emma underscore C underscore 38 Says, so I told you a few weeks ago that following multiple brakes, sprains, tears, bloody awful plantar fasciitis and professional advice, I had bought a bike. I've seen since. I'm now on week three of the couch to 5K. I'm determined to get back to marathon distance.
0: Hey, just be no, careful, I mean, that's Emma. Good. Just be careful. Yeah, be so careful. Oh, Emma. You I see, mean. There's somebody at our club who will remain nameless for their uh, integrity who is always very, very, very injured and i don't some people even though they do all the right stuff they go to the physiotherapy they do all the cross training but they're always bloody injured i think some people just have just terrible luck with running injuries yeah i feel like you're one of those people emma so just be careful
1: (laughs) yeah i mean buying a bike is bad but multiple breaks sprains tears and plantar fasciitis that's not normal (laughs) just be a coach buy yourself a whistle yeah club to pay for a coaching course and just like abuse people instead
0: or stop running and tell everyone you meet how awful running is and how it you know yeah. it's really bad for your health and be really bitter about it
1: <laughs> yeah because you you're uh yeah, because you got injured so it must be the same for everyone
0: yeah exactly yeah that's the best option
1: uh let's move on now to the final section of our interview with toby Phelps.
0: What have you got coming up? I suppose there's not really much in the way of races coming up at the moment, but have you got any challenges in mind? Any other sort of ultras you're just going to do solo? Or...
2: Um, I want to give the Ultra Three Peaks um another stab. I've I do it. I've done it like uh, three or four times, I think. And uh, last year, I think it was autumn last year, I try to do it in sub five because i've they've done it the quickest my pb on it is five hours 18 minutes and i really wanted to get a sub five and i was on track for a sub five time and then i came across a diversion um at the ingleborough the last the last peak and oh, wow. it threw me massively and i knew i wasn't going to make it It added a bit of time it was a terrible climb and i kind of knew I, halfway out oh, fuck, i'm not gonna I'm not going to manage it, and I, 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 just, I gave up really. What's the um, distance elevation uh, on that? Uh It's about 24 miles. I have no idea what the elevation is. <laughs> a lot I don't. Relatively, I don't think it's loads and loads. I mean, in my, I mean, I would describe it as having quite a lot of very runnable bits in but, between. I guess perhaps
1: it's all very high rather than coming right down. If it's in Yorkshire, maybe.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, the climbs are pretty decent, but yeah, in between them, I would say it's all pretty, it's all pretty runnable. That's, Mm. that's why I like it. Um, Mm. yeah, it's all quite runnable. And I think it's a, I really like it because it gives me a really good idea of where I'm at with my training. Um, so yeah, I'd really, I'd really like to get sub five hour on that. So the minute I can, um, get over to the Dales in my caravan, um, when lockdown's over, that's what I'll do, and then I'll give that a bash. Um, other than that, um, not a lot. I mean, the 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 Cheviot goat was uh, has been from last year has been deferred to the end of this year. I might not be in the mood to do that by the end of the year, um, so I might not do it. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I yeah, I'd like to do that because I, I fucked up that the last time I did it. <laughs> catastrophically um and uh yeah so i've got beef i've got beef with that having said that i that the kind of running i do now i'm kind of interested in things that aren't really running through bog anymore so i do like running through bog and it's good fun and i love the cheviots um i don't know well i'm living here now so i'm just a lot more i'm just a lot more focused on mountain running um and yeah and so yeah an abraham's tea round would be great i'd like to do an abraham's tea round but i don't want to do anything in the summer i hate the summer i hate running in the summer so i've got no interest in doing anything over the summer so it it, if i can't get abraham's tea round in sort of in the spring i'm not i won't be doing it again until winter i would rather do i would have rather have done a done a winter abraham's tea round but maybe the end of the I'm year.
0: with you on that one summer running's crap I yeah. hate being too hot when I'm running I'm always I'm hot in the winter let alone in the summer so
2: <laughs> yeah it's I hate I hate the summer I don't even really like the summer when I'm when I'm not moving I just and on top of that when I have to bind in the summer as well um so that makes even more shit in the winter I don't have to bind because I've got enough layers and I just wear a compression top and it's all it's all fine. But in the summer, it's just mm. It's too much. And I, just don't, I just don't like being hot. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why people love it so much. I just find it stressful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the final thing we ask all our guests is what is the most bullshit thing about running?
2: Oh, Jesus. Where do I start? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, oh, Strava. Yeah, let's go with Strava. Yeah, um, I think that, and I'll include myself. You know, yeah, the, the I'm the, probably the ultimate Strava wanker.
1: So, so, do you use Strava? I do use Strava. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and it fucks up. It fucks up a lot of like. Often I'll be on a recovery run, and I'll get to a segment, and I'll I'll start going balls out because I'm on some segment, and I'm supposed to be on a recovery run. You know, things like things like that, and um, I think. I mean, I don't really take my pay much attention to all the stats, but I think a lot of people invest a lot of um, time looking at the stats and put place a lot of importance on them and place far too much meaning on them. And really, they're they're just a bit of fun. And and I think it also <laughs> it's so easy to compare yourself with other people on Strava, and that can be really shit. I mean, it's great when it's going well and you're comparing well to other people, but if you're not comparing well to other people. It, I can find sometimes i just you know if i'm i've been for example there's a segment i've been trying to get the crown on the ages and i can't i'm at second i've got i'm second place and i just want to you know and this guy that's got the crown I, I went on the run you know i guess you can click on the run can't you oh, but yeah. you know the run they did they got on it, it just said something casual like you know uh, afternoon evening run or something like that you know like like he was probably just jogging up it you know like it's this sort of 10 minute 10 12 minute hill and like i'm like busting the gut trying to get up you know trying to take 30 seconds off my time and you know it's great when i you know when i do get a a, you know personal record on that segment but every time i don't get any better like the last time i tried it i didn't i didn't I didn't improve on my last time and it, it made me
1: miserable for a couple I'm, of hours. I'm glad you're like me and you check other people's runs on segments. Sometimes yeah. it's to check because sometimes they might've done it on a bike or there might be a GPS yeah, yeah. Pitch, and then you People can flag them and make, make you yeah. yourself feel like a big man. I love doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I wish, I wish I didn't care so much because it makes me such a tosser, but um, I do. What can I say? Yeah. And it's the living in the Lake District. There's so many fantastic runners that it's the only chance I've got at bagging any kind of crown around here. Like, uh, you know, I think on the other segments, it's like thousands and thousands of runners on a segment. And, you know, and I'm like number 800 and something, you know, and it's just like, oh God, why do I bother? But this one, this one I could get
1: here. (laughs) Yeah. That, that is your your white whale of a segment
2: yeah and i'll get it and this guy's blatantly just gonna he's gonna get a notification toby first has just taken your crown and he'll go out and he'll probably just have a jog around the block and take it back off me again
1: <laughs> love the pettiness of Strava. um so yeah before we finish could you give us the contact details or uh, how people find you how people find out about queer runnings
2: uh, queer runnings at the moment is on instagram mostly so go there queer runnings is the handle um give that a follow that would be great that would really help me out um and i'm i think i'm the transgender underscore trail underscore runner i think something like that put yep. that in something will come up uh and that yeah that's that's it really yeah that'll do See,
1: instagram is the easiest way
2: yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty much only on Instagram, yeah. I try, I'm, I'm going to try with Queer Needs to be on other platforms, but, I mean, I am, i have signed up to them, but the likelihood of me actually posting on them is low, yeah. That's great.
0: Thank you so much, Toby. That's really great. Thank you. Thank
1: That's you. All right. Oh, there we go. Someone else that hates Strava. What I always love about when people talk about how much they hate Strava, they don't hate Strava. They hate the person they become with Strava.
0: Mm. I literally, I've mentioned this before. I literally just use Strava to track my mileage. That is mm-hmm. it. I don't. That's why I haven't really left much kudos since I've had it. I don't really leave kudos on anyone else's post unless I happen to see it when I'm uploading my own. Because that's literally all I use it for: to track my mileage. I'm not interested in, at this stage, especially in my running. I'm not interested in the metrics. The only metrics I am interested in is elevation. I'm not interested in speed, any of that. So I just can't, I can't be asked of all that. If, if no one followed me on Strava, I would not care because it's literally just for me to track my own progress. So.
1: Yeah, it's a good point, actually. If no one followed me, it wouldn't affect it. But I like Strava because I actually like all the stats. I like mm. getting into, I like the segments. I like competing against people on some of the segments, not all of them, because most of them are really, really hard. Mm. But I'd always like the people, what they don't like about it is how they react to yeah. it. They say, oh, and then it made me go and do this and it made me start doing this. i like, well, it doesn't need to, does it?
0: <laughs> no. So, you know what, I, I, I will say the thing I really do like on Strava is when you've done a long run, particularly if it's a circular route and looking at the map and seeing how zoomed out it is, you know, if you do like a circular route, like yeah. all around Cardiff and down to the uh, the coast and stuff, and you look at it and you think, oh, that looks so awesome, that massive ring I've just done all the way around Cardiff. Things now, like I like when I it's
1: one. a really long point-to-point point mm. and it kind of zooms, as like I said, did one before, in Keradigion, which is kind of right on mid-Wales to the coast. And, like, you could see a significant chunk of Wales when it zoomed out and some of the like the coast path ones as well Mm. because you can see like a huge proportion of the coast path in the map it looks like you've run a decent part of the country that's Mm. really good to see when you you can see like a large part it looks like you've really covered a decent amount of ground Mm. on like a full uk map you can see your run
0: Mm. i'm always excited to see the map after a long run love it of course (laughs) oh it's that time it's the bullshit running news. It's the bullshit running news. bullshit running news, 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 bullshit running news.
1: And we're back with celebrity opinions about running. This is a huge story, Amy. Okay. Um unfortunately though, we all have to stop running oh. because Belinda Carlisle has a bad knee. Uh. Oh. That was it. That's the whole story. Belinda Carlisle said she's got a bad knee because she ran. And now everyone should stop running because it's bad for you.
0: Oh, I read, I read the article, and she's got like a meniscus tear, hasn't she? Which she yeah. said in the article, it's just like, oh, it's just from general wear and tear. It's like your meniscus doesn't just go from general wear and tear. It's probably something mechanically wrong with how you're running. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just, it doesn't just go. And any decent physio, if you went to them with knee issues while running, would tell you there's something wrong with your form, or um, yeah. usually it's your glutes, isn't it, with your knees? Because your knees usually are. Any yeah. other issue with your knees is usually from the hips down. So it's something issue with your something glutes else, yeah. or your or your hips, like with me, it's because I've got really tight hip flexors that pull my knee out of alignment, you know? It's not my knees at all. That's what I say. When people say running is bad for your knees, your knee is a really like what's the word? Like hardy joint. Yeah. It's really hard to damage your knees from from in just that area unless you've had-using it correctly. Yeah, it, unless you've had an impact to your knee. It will be something else that's causing that damage to your knee. You but no, no, sorry.
1: Amy Belinda Carlisle says.
0: Oh, wow. Well, OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I also apologize because this is, it's sort of a Daily Mail story, but the link I've got is an MSN. So I think uh. it's like embedded on MSN. <laughs> so uh, we didn't click on the Daily Mail. That's the main thing.
0: Who's looking at MSN still? <laughs>
1: I don't, my dad
0: msn doesn't exist as like a service anymore does it like msn no, messenger msn
1: news is still a thing my dad will send me a story from them every oh now and then he's 75 so
0: yeah, yeah i only remember msn from when i used to log into my hotmail and that used to be like the landing page when you went to i still have a hotmail account but obviously yeah, i use outlook and a mail app i don't do it online like a caveman um but yeah msn jesus
1: (laughs) i loved msn messenger back in the day it was
0: good oh i wish i could still find my old chat logs from msn you know like when i was in high school i do i do that's probably talking so much shit i remember i had a massive argument with a friend over whether an emoji was a kettle or like a teacup so yeah yeah yeah. that's worth it yeah My,
1: my favorite thing to do on msn messenger was um if you had like 20 people online invite them all into the same chat and tell them to invite everyone else on their yeah. list into the same chat and because of the way msn messenger worked with all those people in the same chat it would eventually just crash their computers because <laughs> it used up so much processing it would just crash their computers it was hilarious
0: i was an elite hacker and i managed to get people's passwords i'm going to reveal the secret now of how to get people's yeah. passwords like i used to say and this is bearing in mind we we're all like 14 years old 13 years old so it's not that difficult but um And this is all before the scares around cybersecurity. I used to go on the chat and say to my friends, I used to say, Oh, have you noticed that when you type your password in, it just shows up as stars? And they used to type in and say it didn't work. And I was like, No, no, it worked for me. And I just get into all their stuff.
1: (laughs) People still do that on Facebook. I've seen that. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've legitimately, I I used to get into people's MySpaces and all sorts and change all their pictures and all that sort of thing. I was an elite hacker.
1: (laughs) Well done. Anyway, uh, talking about Belinda Carlisle, we just got into MSN hacking. Um, at VBL 1986, said, but does she know what that's worth? I feel free when I'm running, and after all these years, I'm in too deep. It's funny, though, because I have visions of you running in the summer rain. I, I'll assume all of these are Belinda Carlisle song references.
0: The only one, I don't really know, because yeah. I only
1: know Belinda Carlisle as a name. I don't really know anything about her.
0: She sang Heaven is a Place on Earth, didn't she? Ooh, probably baby, did you that's just
1: me? i don't that's just a song that exists it i not belong to anyone i had
0: no idea she sang that i like you i I'd, i recognized the name i had to click on the article and realize who she was <laughs> to be honest yeah. so oh yeah
1: so thanks thanks for that pun <laughs> list but we don't care
0: <laughs> following on from our last episode of the abuse of female athletes um that we're getting at the moment when they train on the streets and parks instead of tracks during covid so, Runner's World has reported that the CEO of UK Athletics, Joanna Coates, said she will adopt a zero-tolerance approach to dealing with harassment of female coaches within the sport. This is in response to a report by Leeds Beckett University that concludes that there are significant cultural and systematic issues to be urgently addressed in athletics. It's funny this because, like, obviously we know this, but there are like there are significant cultural and systematic <laughs> issues across most areas of life in the UK when it comes to equality (laughs) everything has those issues there's like a really well a significant cultural and systematic issue that is embedded within society itself not just running you know it's not just about running
1: but I guess you need that research to be able to back yourself up when they look into it and try and solve it and get funding they have to have the backing for it
0: yeah. yeah absolutely I think this is definitely of course it's definitely worthwhile we can't turn around and say well I'm going to address Society as a whole, it's got to start somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this is just like there's naysayers who will say, "Well, men experience this too," and all that we discussed last time. But they, this is not what I'm saying. Is, this is not just confined to athletics. Women experience oh, yeah. this across all, well, pretty much all aspects of life in some, some shape or form. So, yeah. but I'm glad she's uh, she's speaking out about it, and this research mm-hmm. is being done.
1: Yeah, um, well, the report said, amongst other things, in the past decade, British international teams for Olympic athletics programmes have had 207 male coaches, but no female coaches.
0: That's crazy.
1: 207 men, no women in a decade. And just 8% of the top 100 UK athletes in 2019 were coached by a woman. Now, presumably, I think athletics in Britain is... Fairly equal, you know. We've got some incredibly mm. successful women. Oh, I don't know if possibly even more so than the men. I'm not sure, but they must be around fifty percent of yeah. the top hundred. Eight percent we- of them are coached by a woman.
0: And when we have like the biggest athletic event, which is the Olympics, that's when most of the mm. population are engaging with athletics. Like I seem to think that. The Olympics is great because men and women tend to be given the same amount of exposure because like you said, it's yeah. fairly equal in terms of, or maybe like you say, women slightly above men in terms of mm. uh, winning medals and so on. So it's just astounding that coach it, this isn't reflected in who in coaches and so on. It's, it's just insane. I- yeah.
1: Um, and I like what um, Joanna Coates said about this, actually. She said, I also believe this isn't about needing more programs that encourage women to be coaches, because this isn't just about increasing numbers. Yeah. Which I think is a really key one, because yeah. the the usual response to something like this to say, well, we'll do a big marketing campaign to say, hey, women, why don't you be a coach? It's really great. They, they've done that. They've done that for years and years and years, but they now need to address that when women are coaches, that they don't get this abuse from other male coaches or from athletes or the you know the top-down patronization that they might get Mm. it's it's about the culture change not just numbers
0: definitely i'll get on my high horse here because i and well my high horse that's the right term um in my sort of day job things i do something i'm doing at the moment is looking at diversity within within another industry diversity quote unquote and i think the issue with things like diversity and inclusion it's asking people who have been marginalized to fit into certain spaces that have excluded them. Whereas actually what we need to do is change those spaces so they're inherently inclusive, rather than saying, right, you need to change to be able to fit into this. You need to adhere to these norms to be able to fit into this, uh, whatever sort of industry or sector or whatever you want to fit into. And it's about, well, like she said, assist. Sy- there needs to be systematic change or else nothing's going to happen. Like these sorts of programs that just tick boxes are just ticking boxes it's not making any sustainable change. You know, it's just numbers on a spreadsheet. They can say, oh yeah, there was a 10% increase in the amount of female coaches. But what does that actually tell you? How long How long will those female coaches stay in the industry? All yeah, sorts.
1: exactly. They say, okay, we've trained up 50 coaches this year. That's amazing. But in five years time, are any of them still coaching?
0: Exactly, yeah. And if
1: they're not, why not?
0: And it's hard because that is a huge thing. To to change mm-hmm. that is a huge thing, but we have to start somewhere and we have to start thinking about it like that. I think sometimes that's the issue as well. People think, well, it's, you know it's overwhelming how much needs to change but if we just sit on our asses then it's not actually going to change you do it little by little chip away at things like bloody cross-country and all that you just gotta chip away at these things we've also had some cutting journalism from a very reliable source, you know, I think this might win some sort of journalist awards, you know, it's on par with sort of, you know, the Trump dossier being released and things like that. It's a WikiLeaks sort of level of um, of importance and social and cultural importance. So this is, of course, from Runner's World. Um, and they say that running in the cold is easier than running in the heat, that it's hard to run in the heat.
1: And how did they prove such a revelation?
0: Yeah, so they uh, they tested five men, which is a great sample size. You know, you can always generalize terms when you only test five people, you yeah. you know, because there's, there's not many variables. All men are the same, as we know.
1: <laughs> and I've, well, I'm just looking at it. There was five male recreational runners in their mid-30s. So basically okay. the same person five That's, times.
0: Yeah, the same person five times, probably down <sighs> to the haircut and everything. Um, so they can be generalized for the whole population uh, yeah. in the world. And they found it difficult running in the heat. You know, it's difficult. Gosh. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that.
1: I mean, i mean, would have thought?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. When I'm running in the heat now, I'm gonna probably find it substantially harder now. I've been told that. And it's yeah. funny because I always wondered why do athletes go to hot countries and do heat training? You know, I thought they were going. Be, I thought they were going because it was easier, not harder. <laughs>
1: Well, now we know. Thank now you so much. Now
0: we know. Thanks, runners. Well, this is really revolutionary. So don't go out wearing like 100 layers when it's 100 you know, Fahrenheit outside because it's harder to run. Just so you know.
1: <laughs> My favourite story. I love this story. Every time something like this comes around, every four years, athletes going to the Tokyo Olympics will be encouraged not to high-five or hug each other and to limit their contact as much as possible. But organizers will hand out 150,000 free condoms. I love these stories about the Olympics. Oh. Once people finish their events, they get busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the big thing about the London Olympics as well. It, it,
1: every time there's there's stories from all of them like 150,000 condoms. That's 14 each. And if you're saying that's just men, that's something like 25 each.
0: Wow,
1: that's. I mean, good for them. You've got to say, <laughs> you've spent two years training, incredibly focused. You've done your event. You're a super fit, young, active person. You're surrounded by all these other people who finished that. What if your event was last? Can you imagine? Everyone else in your team is just fucking away every night in their apartment. And you're having
0: a sad, posh work. And you're
1: just like, I've got my diving final on Sunday. I've got to stay focused. <laughs> and by the time you finish, everyone else is going to be knackered. <laughs>
0: Oh, there's always these stories. Always these stories. Uh, is Tokyo Olympics still going ahead then? I have no idea where we're up to with things.
1: They, they say so.
0: It's not that long to go, is it? August no, usually. No, this summer. End of yeah, July, no. August. Something like that. Oh, well, okay. I mean... It, we're not gonna. The world's not gonna be ready for that. Some countries might be, but all of the world is not gonna be ready to do that. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Well, even more condoms to go around then.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can double wrap it just to be safe. Uh, you
1: actually no, you shouldn't do that. That's actually less safe. That's a I little don't uh, know. sex education I'm tip.
0: Gay, I don't have experience. <laughs> with
1: uh, because they can rub against each other and split. Oh, so thanks. there's a little sex education tip there. That I will from never run this BS.
0: Yeah. And what was people's sex education like with, uh, with gay issues? Oh, 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 wait, what was that? You didn't have any? Oh, me neither. Section 28. Sorry, let's carry on.
1: <laughs> well, they, they don't exist. Actually.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. What is <laughs> moving next? Moving swiftly
1: on. Um, well, I'm very much looking forward to our next guest. Um, hopefully we can uh, work this interview out in the next few weeks. Because when Amy read a story about his ankle breaking, she said she felt sick. So, And that is the perfect reaction, and we want to know more about that.
0: Yeah, may actually get me vomiting uh, on the recording.
1: That would sound amazing.
0: Yeah, a bit of ASMR.
1: (laughs) Uh, Other than that, in running terms, nothing at all, as usual. Amy, have you got nothing at all also?
0: Nothing's happening. I am aware that the the battle of whatever it is, Brampton Valley Way, that I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be running, um, is approaching very fast it's in april hopefully and i'm not sure whether it's going to go ahead um so yeah, It's in I,
1: England, so the guidelines are out for England. It might be pushed back, maybe. I,
0: I'd prefer it if it was, because I'd like to be further of along in my training than I am right now. So Sometime
1: <laughs> in about November 2024 would yeah, be ideal. Yeah, that,
0: that would be ideal. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm not doing awfully in my training. My consistency's been really good. My It's just my long runs need to get longer, basically. Yeah. That's the only issue. But I'm in a better position than when I ran 40 bloody miles for the Vogum, so... But that would be the next thing if it goes ahead. I really do hope it goes ahead, um, or at least if it doesn't in April that it gets pushed back rather than cancelled completely because I'm really looking forward to that. But I don't think I've trained enough yet, but there we go.
1: Well, why break a habit?
0: Exactly. It's worked in the past, kind of.
1: Kind of, yeah. So thank you, everyone. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon Merch store and our social medias. See you later. Bye.
0: And you're having a sad posh wank.